What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Boiler Rayfield Davis podcast. This podcast is brought to you guys by AJ's Beef and Burgers and Beer on campus in West Lafayette. Podcast produced by Field of 68 Podcast Network. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment. Make sure you check us out on, on YouTube, Rayfield Davis Podcast. You check us out, RayfieldDavisBasketball.com for upcoming tournaments, upcoming camps, and training sessions. All will be posted right there. Today, we kind of go cap off the season. A great season, in my opinion. I'm talking with one of the best media personalities to cover Purdue basketball. Um, everybody, Dub Jellison. How you doing, Dub? What's going on? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I just want to jump right in. Uh, mm. What's your take towards the end of the season? How do you feel now that the season is over? Mm, I mean, obviously, it's a little disappointing um, just being that we lost um, in the first round, got upset. But, I mean, this was kind of like a gimme year as a reloading year, in my opinion. So, I'm, I mean, I'm happy with it. Got a top four seed in the NCAA tournament. Um, and then the freshmen obviously grew as the season went on. So, I mean, the future's looking really bright. Right. We're, we're, out of all the freshmen, kind of, which, what, did, what type of growth did you see from each freshman, if you could break it down? Uh, I mean, obviously out of IV, I think the game just slowed down for him more. Um, I think you could see that as well. He like at the beginning of the year, he was just trying to force everything. And then he did have some of those moments like down the stretch. But then he kind of became like our go to guy out of the backcourt. Um, someone to lean on when Trey or, or Edie weren't um, weren't having their best games. Um, so I think he I mean, he's going to be a stud. I think he have he averaged over like like 15 or 16 since the beginning of February and then had like four four boards and four assists, I believe, too. So, I mean, he's he's the most complete guy I think we have on our team. And his shot was getting more consistent as the year went on. How does he take that next step? What, is, what does Jaden do this offseason and take that next step to kind of pull him into next season? I think it just comes down to experience, honestly. Like, you saw it um, down the stretch. I mean, the last two games he had, like, 21 and 26, I think. Um, so, I think just realizing, like, he's the man. He's got some BMF in him. Um, he's just going to start taking over games next year, in my opinion. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, think, you look around the board, who, what, else, what other type of growth do you see going into next season across the board from the team? When you look at the um, season, where do you think – let me – I guess I'll ask you a different question. Where do you think we struggled this year? Although outside of being young, what would you say was our struggle, our, our struggling points? I mean, we had, we had some games where we just flat out really couldn't shoot it well um and then defensively I think we had a lot of lapses like I remember I told I it was either you or Lou the other day I was talking to and Ohio State ran three plays the same play um back down the court in overtime of Big Ten tournament and we just had no clue how to defend it and so I think um just the cohesion getting another guy because we're not losing anyone except for Wheeler um which I'm sure we'll talk about here in a little bit but um I think the cohesion part will will uh will continue to grow but I think our yeah I I think the biggest issues we had were um not shooting three ball well obviously and then um defensive lapses what did you think me I would say the same thing I think we we didn't def our rotations were bad on defense mm -hmm. I don't think we because I mean, we could we guard the ball. We won't guard the three point percentage. I guess fans would always say we guarded it well. Percentages show differently, but it wasn't about whether they made or missed the shot. It was just the the time of the rotation. We we're always a step late. It felt like. 
especially when you get against older teams like in that last game they just gonna make you pay for it you gotta be you gotta be on time ready close out hands up so there's times where we just was slow to the ball slow to the rotation a little bit helping too much helping too far deep in not getting to the shooters but I think that comes with time. I know I sucked at it. So just being real with it. I mean, that's why I didn't play. I did not understand what was going on. And you can see some of those guys out there. You can, you kind of see who Mason gets it, it seems like, because he kind of mm-hmm. just knows where to be. But it's mm-hmm. a definitely a struggle when, when you're a guard, you're switching four ways, sometimes you're switching three ways. Your rotations are different because Coach Payne is real specific with his defense. You're not just out there just helping to help. You know what I mean? You're really helping when you should be helping. No matter who you guard, everybody may have a different closeout. So you may be guarding somebody whose help is different from somebody else's. So I think it was just, it's a learning curve. That's what I would say. Mm-hmm. So do you think that people like next, it just takes time to kind of understand it. And then as you grow, I mean, you, you turn into all big 10 defensive teams. So do you think it, it just takes time to learn at the next level? Well, yeah, I'm going to say I turned a defensive player of the year because coach Owens like dogged me. Like, <laughs> He's like, yo, you're the worst defensive player ever recruited. Because Coach Owens, Coach Owens and me had a, a different relationship. I was his first recruit. I was his first commit. But he could, I, I didn't know this until I got to Purdue. So Coach Owens was new when he started recruiting me in eighth grade. So I didn't I didn't really realize that he was a new guy. So I was his first commit. So he always looked at me differently, I'm guessing. He always, he always had more like a family relationship. Mm-hmm. He straight up told me, like, after two years, he said, yo, you're the worst defender I've ever recruited. I knew it was bad. But I didn't know it was this bad, man. It's like, at least you used to be able to score. He said something like that. Like, <laughs> like who was this guy, right? So that really, mo- and then him saying that, the coach Brantley coming in when he came in, that offseason after my sophomore year, he would ask, yo, Ray, who going to guard that freshman coming in Ohio State? Referring to DeAndre Russell. He would ask, yo, Ray, who going to guard Terran Petway? I remember he would bring Terran Petway up a lot. Who going to guard Nubu from Penn State? The Wisconsin boys. They had a lot of a lot of good players, a lot of good guards in the Big Ten. He would always say, talk about. He would always bring up the freshmen coming in. I'm, I'm referring to Dakota and Vince. Mm-hmm. All right, those freshmen come in. Those freshmen play D that you ain't gonna play. He would say stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I mean, you had two of our coaches really being real honest with me, really being just straight up, straight out. If you don't play D, you ain't gonna play. And then Gavin Roberts, who's and Josh Bonita, obviously. Josh and I's there anymore, but Gavin's a strength coach now. I mean, we just, the three of us put together a regimen to really open up my hips. And I know Gavin and I spent a lot of time in the football weight room, because Gavin was a former football player. We spent a lot of time in the football weight room that Maymester. I spent a lot of time on campus that Maymester, opening up my hips, stretching out, getting stronger in my legs, and that propelled me. But then what I did on top of that was I just fell in love with like the technicalities of watching film. So that's what I think the guy, the young guys will have to do going this summer. Because if you want to know where to be, you might as well watch film. Yeah. I will watch, like, we play James Blackman. Like, that's the, I remember this because the teacher told me from my iPad. We play James Blackman. I probably watched five games of James Blackman before we play. So, like, I know where he's going. I know his t- I know his tendencies. I know things like that. But then I also know me. I'm not the most athletic guy. I, mentally, I can know what to look out for, know where to be. But then also... I'm giving you a lot of points in my last one, but one thing Paint would always say, if you don't know, just ask. So if you don't know how to do something, instead of just guessing, I would just say, yo, I don't know. Tell me. Like, tell me exactly where you want me to be, and if I mess this up, it's not on me. You know what I mean? I was kind of that way. I would really ask. I don't know what to do. 
it may make you look like you're lazy. It may make you like you like you silly, but nah, I just really didn't know how to play defense. I had four different high school coaches in four years, mm-hmm. and I averaged thirty points. Like nobody cares if you play. You know what I mean? Nobody cares. So learning paint system isn't the easiest thing, but they give you all the resources. The iPad when I was there, the film. Nick T is amazing. Nick Teruso is amazing at what he does. So you get all the resources to learn it mentally. Then physically, you have the weight room. So it's all about yourself. And you go to open gym, you got to take paints principles from what you learned when you were playing and go into the open gym and use them. You can't allow this summer to just be running up and down. You got to actually kind of have some defensive principles, do what you're going to do in practice, because this year could be a waste if we go into this open gym and just run up and down. Because we got the type of team right now, every day an open gym would be a battle. So it could get to the point where those dudes just run up and down, have a high level competition. But if they're not paying attention on defense, they could they could forget some of that. And I know that sounds weird to worry about defense at open gym, but we would always we would always make sure we were in the right places in open gym too. I mean, aside, I mean, we saw Eric take a big jump defensively this year, but who do you think is gonna be that other guy that can guard like the the two three position? Oh yeah, I think Jaden Ivy be like a had like that Victor Oladipo transition where he was mm-hmm. he was first like my freshman sophomore year, his first team Big Ten. First team all defense. I think Jaden is that special. I think if you think about how big he is and strong he is, his ability to move. I mean, if I'm defensive player of the year and he's that much more athletic and faster and quicker and bigger and stronger than I was, there's no telling what he could do on the defensive mm-hmm. end. He's kind of got that Bryson Scott motor, that, you know, that John Octius length, all of that, all in one. It's like in that Lou Jack quickness. It's like all in that strength of just like an ox. You know what I mean? So I feel like he's gonna take a big jump. But then you think about Brandon Newman, you get him another year, he'll be a really good defender. I think he can be, I think he can be a really, really good defender with his body, his size. With him, I think it's just gonna come down to one two. If he wants to be one, he'll be one. But then Sasha, I mean, like Dakota. I remember Dakota. <laughs> Dakota man. <laughs> he may not remember Abdul Rockman in Michigan. We I do played, I remember. We played in Mackey. We had, I mean, between Kendall, Dakota, Klein, whoever, Dakota didn't like that. Dakota become one of the one of the best premier defenders in the league that next year. I think Sasha can have that type of jump because there's been times where he was picked on. So I mm-hmm. think he has that. He's more athletic. He's that more athletic than we give him credit to be. So I think he can have the type of jump defensively that he could turn into more of a Dakota hard nose, locked down on defensive guy. So I think everywhere across the board we. It's not a guy where you say he couldn't be a de- good defender because Mason can guard one through four, one through yeah. five. So, I mean, we should we should be fine defensively next year. Giving these dudes another year. This summer, I think – this summer be – this summer playing five on five with the groups we'll have, I mean, it'll be better than playing some non-conference teams. You know what I mean? Playing some exhibition games. It'll be better than that. We have a really, really, really good five on five summer, if barring all injuries and COVID stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to turn this into a Jaden Ivy shrine, but I mean, later in the year, I saw like, hold on one second. You good? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jaden down the stretch, I feel like when he got going offensively, that's when he really turned it up on defense. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've like, whenever I've talked to former Purdue guys, they've all talked about, um, just it's just a mindset basically like whether you want to or you don't 
if you want to lock in on defense. And I think he has all the tools. And you mentioned Oladipo. I'd seen that. I'd seen a couple people on like Twitter say that they remind him of uh, of Oladipo back in the day at IU. I think that's a great comp. If he could turn into that, it'd be dominant. No, I think I think if he could just keep going at that, because Big Throw Depot never really turned into a, he never was a three point specialist, never was a three point shooter. But if you mm-hmm. left him open, he make it. You know what I mean? So he played a lot through his defense, which showed his athleticism a little bit more. So like you said, and two guys always play through your offense. I mean, an offensive minded guy, you gonna feel better when the ball goes in. I mean, Etwan turned into a really good defender too by the time he left Purdue. So I mm-hmm. think Jaden can definitely fit that mode. And two, it'll, it'll do nothing but just help him. I mean, it help him get more points. It help him stay on the floor longer. Help him in his NBA opportunity, but also help Purdue win games. Cause you get a guy, you get your best player, your best offensive player, your, your dog. I mean, you still have Travion obviously, but you get your best wing guy out there defending and going hard. I mean, it just, it follows through. Cause Eric's, Eric's not going to let up. I mean, I think Eric was snubbed 100% on the defensive team. Oh, yeah. I think Eric has a chance to be defensive player of the year next year. So if you got an all-conference senior guard defender, and then you got an all-conference defender in your, in your sophomore guard, I mean, you it, that, that has been a knock on Purdue. It's not about we need more guards. It's not about we need a better point guard. It's not about we need more. It's, it's about when we get to the tournament, can we guard a guard? Can we guard a mid-major guard? Mid-major guards are different from high-major guards. I mean, the systems are different. The freedom that they get to play is different. So can we lock in? Can you guard a mid-major guard? Or can you even guard a high-major guard that's not in the Big Ten? Big Ten guards are different from, from ACC guards. So that's what it's going to come down to. It's not coming down to having a guard that can score. I mean, it's just, it's just not, it's not the answer. It's can we stop a guy that can score? So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming you've seen all the people on like on Twitter and everything talking about like, oh, we should go get this transfer, that transfer or whatever. Yeah, transfer not going to. I mean, John Acti has helped us. Johnny Hill helped us a lot. I mean, I'm not going to say they won't do anything like that, but you're not going to change your whole entire program based off of just one year, one transfer. I mean, rather it be a great year or not, you still gonna have to have a program when that transfer leaves. You know what I mean? So unless, unless that, you know, she's going to keep having transfers year after year. But I mean, even we had Carson's. Carson broke records in the NCAA tournament, scoring 40. We had a mm-hmm. guard that can score. So that argument about getting a guard that can score and take us to the national championship, we had that. And the argument about Payne not being the guy because he hasn't been to a Final Four is ridiculous. I mean, Tony Bennett gets a Final Four off of a free throw he didn't shoot. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he's a great coach because of a free throw. You know what I mean? So all of these narratives are, are weird, weird to see when you're done playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we had talked about this at, at camp on Monday. Like, seeing all those people come at paint, it rubbed me the wrong way. And I know I was talking to Lou about it, too. And Lou was getting kind of heated. I got, <laughs> got kind of scared. I mean, him and uh, – I'm not going to mention that that situation <laughs> at camp. But, uh, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, you look at paint – in the things he's building, we've been nothing but consistent over the last, what, since your junior year? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Lou, Lou love paint. Like, that's <laughs> like, I love paint, but, like, Lou love paint at a different level. So, like, he takes nothing. Like, I, I can go back and forth with people about paint, but Lou get real mad. Lou get yeah. real upset because Lou, Lou understands. and Because paint is not about just about coaching. It's about what he can do for you as a person. 
So one, Lou loves him as a person. But then two, I mean, I think people forget we had the last place in the Big Ten in 2014. It's not that long ago. People were talking about decades ago and whatnot. We had the last place seven years ago in the Big Ten. Seven since seven years, there's been not a blemish on the on the record. I mean, that first year we make the turn, make the tournament, Sweet 16, Sweet 16, Elite Eight. You know what I mean? Then we have a we, there's no rebuilding year. Normally you have a year that you have a young. This was that team. We still a four seed. So yeah. for me to see that it was crazy because because I was there when we were last place and I and I see when a coach lose and I see when a team lose and I see how if you could be treated but to be treated after having a young team that we had and still getting the four seed and still get that type of non respect from the fans that was crazy to me that was crazy because what else do you want I mean when it did and my thing is when did the when did when did the Big Ten not become good enough mm-hmm. like it's the best league in the country. When did the Big Ten, when did that become not good enough? When did our fans turn into those fans? That's, that was, that transition is, was was weird to see too. I didn't know our fans, uh, no, I'm not speaking for all our fans. I didn't know some people had crossed that bridge to where they turned into that. Because the Big Ten, I mean, that should be always, be that. I mean, obviously we want to win more games, but winning yeah. the Big Ten, that's that's not an easy thing to do. That's not, that's not, that's not an easy accomplishment. Since I've been recruited by Purdue, let me make sure, let me think before I say this. Since I've been recruited by Purdue, only two Big Ten coaches are still there. Tom Izzo and Coach Payne. I mean, that got to speak to the greatness of Coach Payne. You know what I mean? So that's probably since 2009. There are only two left. Mm-hmm. So that's the best league in the country. Year in and year out, it's a battle. Coaches are going in. Coaches, Tom Crean got fired after he won the Big Ten. So you know what I mean? That's the best league in the country. And I just don't understand when Purdue fans didn't think Big Ten championships was enough. Obviously, mm-hmm. you want to win games. You want to go to the lead eight. You want to go to the final four. But that's not the end-all, be-all. Coach Payne to get that. I'm not saying I'm not I'm cutting any slack, but for the season we had, being led by four freshmen, three juniors, four seed, our junior year, we were nine seed. So we had AJ, we had myself, John Ictis. We were nine seed. We lost to an eight seed or something like Our eight seed lost to a nine seed, something like that. So mm-hmm. I think they had a real successful year, and I don't think Payne deserved that type of treatment online. I mean, like, what? Who? Who would you hire? Yeah, exactly. there's nobody. There's nobody in America that I would pick over Coach right. Payne. All That's that crazy. Brad Stevens, IU stuff. If even if he said I want to come to Purdue, I'd say all right, beat it, whatever. We got Payne. It don't yeah. matter. Yeah, because like, like you got like the guys love like you got a guy that people want to play hard for. Mm-hmm. Like that's half the battle. These guys play hard, whether you want to or not. You go to Purdue, you're going to play hard. And paint, it's not going to give you any reason not to like paint. So it's like the players love him. We love to play for him. The guys that transferred out to become last place in the Big Ten, we did better without him that year. You know what I mean? So it wasn't the coach's fault. I said that in media a lot my sophomore year. We just had guys that didn't listen. We had guys that did not listen to the coach. So you know what I mean? So that next year, we win games. And since then, he's gotten guys that will listen. And they've been winning games. And, I mean, next year – Next year, I think, would be a really good year for the program. And even that following year, a really, really good year for the program. So there's no other guy that I would want leading the program. There's no other, no other guy that – I mean, he played for Purdue. He was there. Mm-hmm. He played for Caden. He was there. He was – I mean, he's been in almost every day. He was being recruited in the 80s, played in the 90s, coaching in 2000, still coaching now. So he's seen it the last 40 years almost. That's the Purdue way. That's the Purdue guy. I mean, I wouldn't want another guy leading Purdue other than the Purdue guy. Mm-hmm. And Tyrone told me 
as well. Like that his senior year was your sophomore year, I believe. Yeah. And he just he basically said that the guys just didn't buy in. They didn't have enough guys buying in. And um, you mentioned the transfers and then you guys did better next year. I mean, that was kind of the case this year, too. We lost no gel and uh, and harms two of our starters. And then we end up doing leaps and bounds better than in the past year. Yeah, because it's not about the talent. It's Because our sophomore year, we were a good team. Like, talent-wise, mm-hmm. our sophomore year, we're better than my junior year, talent-wise, player by player. I mean, my sophomore year, I sucked on defense. My junior year, I'm defensive player of the year. You know what I mean? So we're better my sophomore year, offensively, defensively. I barely played. We only had – only player that we had playing major minutes come back was AJ. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're – and Kendall. Kendall played. Kendall Stevens played major minutes. But other than that, we, we, we were across – we were older. We were more mature. Eric Peck, Sterling Carter, Teron Johnson, one of the better guards in the Big Ten. We just didn't have buy-in in the locker room. And you could see that the year, the year prior to this one with Purdue. I mean, not even just buy-in, but just leadership. And you need a guy in the locker room that's going to lay the, lay the law down, like paint. I had no idea paint didn't know dudes was doing varsity climbing. What? I thought that was paint rule. I honestly <laughs> tricked myself into believing paint didn't do that. No, like, yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was paint. <laughs> and he didn't know I was doing it. So it's one of the things where guys never questioned me about it. So I never even thought about where I got it from. My mm-hmm. sophomore year, if I'd have told somebody to go do something because they were late, it might have, a fight might have broke out. Like, you know, what? What, what, are you, what are you talking about, Ray? But that junior year, those five freshmen, even AJ, AJ bought in. AJ respected me. We grew up together since we were 13 years old. He knew I meant no, meant no harm. We wanted to win. We had been last place. We didn't want to have those type of practices anymore. We had that type of buy-in. And like Payne said, I mean, if you you can't get no lower than well shit. We were well shit. Mm-hmm. If you don't like the hole you digging, just stop digging. And that's what we did. Those freshmen, though, Dakota, Jaquil, PJ, Isaac, Vince. Vince had a lot on his shoulders. Vince carried a lot of weight that year but they really bought into what we wanted to do. And that's why from then on, that class, that four, that class right there, they still, their legacy still living on. PJ's still there. I mean, mm-hmm. Grady, PJ took Grady under his wing, just like I took Grady on his wing. It just kind of bled into the Purdue way, bled into everybody. Cause you think about Grady, what Grady was able to do from a walk on to the most efficient player in college basketball our senior year. I mean, if you don't want that coach, who yeah. you want, you know what I mean? Yeah, so that's the that's the Purdue way a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I mean, so you made Klein do all those versus climbers for. <laughs> yo, Klein, yo, I, yeah, like looking back on it, Klein was the one. Klein was the freshman, and I was a senior, and I didn't I didn't want it to go, and I knew how good Klein was. Everybody knew how good Klein was, but everybody knew how much fun Klein liked to have, and Klein liked to have a lot a lot a lot of fun. And Klein would be late sometimes. And Klein would be with AJ a lot, and I blame AJ. AJ was a senior. AJ, AJ would have Klein doing things that seniors could do and freshmen couldn't. And I can't make AJ do a lot of the things that I can make Klein do. You're a freshman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So Klein got the got the wrong end of the stick sometimes. But Klein did up two Big Ten championships, Elite Eight. I think he's probably best one of the best shooters to come through the school, probably the best shooter to come through the school. So, I mean, I'm super happy for what Klein was able to do. For Klein and Grady, even Biggie, for them to be the freshmen from when I was a senior, to see what they did and where they took Purdue, they took it to a level I never took it to. And that's what you want to do as a leader. You want to leave something in a position to go to a level you've never been to. Mm-hmm. And you kind of, you mentioned Grady, like his transition. I also think Paint's one of the best guys, uh, best coaches in terms of developing the talent that he has. 
because we're not going to be one, like Kentucky or Duke or whatever that has a ton of one and dones. I mean, we're going to build the program every single year and we're just going to keep getting better, keep getting better. Um, I mean, you look at what what him and Brantley were able to do with ED already. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously part of that's when he was freaking behemoth, but like you could see his growth towards the end of the year as well. No, I mean, you can see it through, you can see it through everybody. I mean, from, from me being terrible on defense, only caring about offense to being defensive player of the year from AJ. I mean, you talk to AJ, I'm listening to AJ at camp and I'm like, it's paint here. You know what I mean? That, that type of, a type of instruction he gives, it sticks with you. You look at a guy, you look at a guy like John Octus come in, didn't know the offense at all, but he excelled because paint understands how to coach. He understands how to take his time. And says, I put you in the right position. Like a Dakota, Dakota came in to Purdue with mono, just like just like just like Ethan. And he's sick. He had to had to have a procedure done. He ends up an NBA player. So at Purdue, you're gonna get better. You're not just there to be there for four years. You're there to get better every single year, every single day. But one thing Paint does is though, see, I say that, but Paint not gonna make you get better. Like Paint's not gonna hold your hand and walk you to the gym. He's going, the way you get better at Purdue is that you understand that Paint's not going to play me if I don't get better. Because mm-hmm. Paint's going to know if I get better. And having that type of coach, a player's coach, that I'm not going to make you work out, but I know if you do work out. And you playing if you do work out. And you know you will. Paint's fair. It just makes it real easier to want to get better. Because you see the guy in front of you, if he's a little bit better than you, you know that if you work harder than him, you can beat him out. You know what I mean? I want to say Scott Martin was the guy and Robbie became the guy. You know what I mean? So it's one of the situations where Paint's going to play who's working. Paint's not going to show no favoritism. Paint's not going to care who the guy was first. If you put in the work, he's going to play you. And that's what you want as a player. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hadn't really considered that, but honestly, like, I could see it, especially with our bigs. Like, um, when AJ was a junior or senior, maybe he got benched for Haas. Oh, um, yeah. Like, if you – if you a big stretch. You don't bullshit in practice, man. Man, come on, man. Look, your jersey can go from from black to from black to gold real quick. I mean, like if you, I've seen, I've seen it in a film session. I've seen a guy fall asleep in film and lose his spot right after that film session. Like it's that he's like paint is that guy. Like, and that guy was averaging re, more rebounds than the guy. He lost his spot to to maybe to me. Me, I want, and that was undersized. That's when I started playing the four. I was a 6'4 four man as a freshman because the guy in front of me fell asleep in film. I think that's how, I want to say that's how that worked out. But it's one of those things where Payne's going to play who's going to play the guy who's playing, who's playing hard. And like you said, Isaac started starting some games. AJ was on practice. He wasn't doing what he should have been. Isaac played. And you go into that next year after we left. I think it was one of those guys hit the bench towards the end of the season. I know Vince went through his time. Carson went through his time coming off the bench. I think ultimately ended up Isaac coming off the bench at the end. So, I mean, Paint is looking for that formula. I know people always say, why is he switching his lineup? He switches his lineup too much. Nah, he's playing who's playing hard in practice. He's one of those coaches who really believes that. If you mm-hmm. play hard in practice, I'm going to reward you, unless you just unless you're just not that good. But if you play hard in practice, you're going to be on the floor. But if you if you dog it in practice, if you have one good day here, one bad day here, two good days here, one bad day, nah, that's not, that's not it. But if you consistently, six days out of the seven, you – go hard and then on that seventh day you still getting in some work or some treatment you in the gym you watch some film that's going to show without even paying 
even wanting to, it's going to show in practice, then that's going to get you on the floor. Mm -hmm. he, he, it's a school where you, it's fair and reward hard work. Mm -hmm. And then going back to Morton, like, do you think that he's just going to, I mean, obviously he had a really tough year just off the court in life in general. Um, he had mono, or yeah, he had mono. He had to get quarantined for like two months, I want to say, like at one point. And then he had a death in the family. It was just a tough go of it for him. Um, how do you see him progressing? Going I mean, he's really good, really, really good. Like I said, Dakota went through a lot of personal things his freshman year, like mono and those things, which was tough to see. I mean, Dakota passed out after his first workout. Mm -hmm. I mean, he wasn't asleep or nothing, but he was laid out. I still remember, like, laid out. So it was like, I think he I think he bounces back. This would be a big summer for him to be able to get his body right, get in shape. Gavin Roberts is the perfect guy to be around this, around the program, taking his time, getting him back right. But, yeah, I expect a lot from him. I mean, he can play four positions. He can lead the team. He can really pass the ball. He knows how to play because through through all of this, too, he still plays some minutes. You can tell Payne's pain's not just going to put you out there. If he's trying to find you minutes, you deserve those minutes. Are you just that good? So I think he's that good to where he's going to play. A lot is going to be expected from him. He's a big body. He'll be able to defend multiple positions. But I think if he can take care of the ball and not turn it over, he'll be kind of a, a Swiss army knife in a sense, a mixture between a, mixture between a few guys with yeah. his ability to pass with his size. Yeah, I mean, I think the sky's the limit for him. I mean, he can do a little bit of everything. And I don't think he really has a weakness. Yeah, yeah, I think he's just a solid baller. Like, and that's just what you – you want a guy on their team that's just solid. Like, Vince Edwards is just solid. He can do everything. You know what I mean? So, you want somebody out there that just, when in doubt, you know he can get you 12 and 5. You know what I mean? And that's what he can kind of grow into. Mm -hmm. And then earlier this week, I think it was, what, Wednesday? Uh, Aaron announced he was going into the portal. Yeah. Um, I know you you have a good relationship with him, so what do you kind of make of that? Yeah, I mean, he want to have the best opportunity for him. I, wanna, I guess he wants to have a clean slate, go somewhere and play. Uh, I, I mean, I'm happy for him. I'm excited for his future. It's not. It's, I mean, it's not never fun when you see guys leave the program or guys feel as though they weren't done right in the program. But I mean, no, I'm happy for Aaron. I mean, to go, he ended the season really well with us. He won us some games toward the end of the year, I thought. So I'm happy for where his headspace is. I'm happy for his next step. I mean, obviously, that's my guy. So if anybody, he, I don't think, it's a guy I don't think was treated fairly on, online at all. I don't think a guy that was given fair chance, fair expectation. He was a guy that somewhere early in his freshman year after making some shots, someone gave him the shooter tag. And now every, every shot he took after that was supposed to go in. And that's mm -hmm. a hard tack to break. And I, I, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not him, but mentally that would have been tough on me because they're on Twitter more than we were. Like, I didn't even have a Twitter. So it's like, he had to see some of that stuff. So it's like one of those things where he have a clean slate. He'd go out there to kill Taylor when he left Purdue. I think he was the defensive player of the year in his conference or something like that. Mm -hmm. So it was like, he can go somewhere and he can hoop. He can still reach all his goals. All his goals are still ahead of him. For me, he's not leaving with no bad blood with Purdue. He loved Purdue. He enjoyed the campus. He enjoyed the fans. He enjoyed everything about that. And that's where fans have to understand. He's not leaving because he don't like Purdue. He loves Purdue. He's leaving for him, for him to have the best opportunity to pursue his career, his goals, his future. It's like somebody transferring a job. You don't hate the job. You still love your team. Like, no jail, they still love no jail. No jail still come around. But he wants to take a decision and go help his future. And you can't knock a guy for that. And now, and now that guys have more freedom to do it, Rather, I think it's a good idea or rather not, 
I mean, I'm full, I'm all for people having the ability to decide whether they're making their own bad decision. Mm -hmm. I don't think, I don't think it's a, who are we to say something is a good or a bad decision? I think if his family's a com if your family's okay with it, your family's comfortable with it, you see the vision, you see the go, it shouldn't matter what nobody else said. And nobody else should have to have anything to say. Because when John Octius came in and he helped turn Purdue around, we wasn't sending no condolences letters to Colorado. You know what <laughs> I mean? We wasn't feeling yeah. bad for them losing a player. We took John Octius, we took Johnny Hill, we took Sterling Carter. We took those guys in with open arms and they helped our program. So how can we look at a guy that's leaving our program and look at him in another way? That's so that's a real hypocritical to me in a sense. Mm -hmm. And I mean, from my perspective and a fan's perspective, I mean, there were times where fans got frustrated with, with Aaron. Um, I mean, I think that's just, a, that's just with anything in life. Um, but they, I mean, we all knew how good he can be and he's still, this year, I forget, I forget what his numbers were, but he was a solid rebounder. He made a bunch of plays defensively. He can get out and run. I mean, he's a he's a great player, and I'm I'm sad that he's leaving, but I mean, he's getting high high major uh, looks. Like I think Kansas was one of the teams. I forget what the list was, but there's some like some powerhouse he's schools that are looking for him. Aaron's really good, and like what Aaron started to do is begin at the end of the year. I saw one of the plays. I was real happy with. I still remember the play. He put the ball on the floor. He drove to the rim and got fouled. Like, I don't. I I want to see him do more of that instead of just catch and shoot jumper. Because once he put the ball on the ground, and get aggressive. He's six nine, six ten. He can shoot it. He can play off the bounce. I mean, he gonna be he gonna be an asset wherever he ends up. And what about Newman? Um, following kind of following that same thing because I think if Newman was more aggressive, he would have scored fifteen points a game this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, same thing. I think if he gets to the rim a little bit more, his mid-range game is beautiful. It's very, it's yeah. very pretty to watch. So he has a beautiful mid-range game. I think next year he get into the lane a little bit more, add that kind of like that Etwan floater, that mm -hmm. Etwan little push shot, something something like that, because he's a little bit bigger than Etwan, so he can finish at the rim a little bit better. So he get into the lane more, then make a few more threes. I think he'd be fine. I think it's. I mean, for myself, I mean, I scored 19 points in the second half against Notre Dame. That next day, that next game against Ball State, I, barely, I think I played ten minutes. That's a tough battle to go through in your head. Like I'm scoring, I'm I'm the man. Now I'm on the bench. So I'm not. I don't know if that's what he went through, but I do know that's what I went through. I went through starting, and then that next year, Payne come to me. Kendall Stevens is going to start. You coming off the bench, and then I start some, and then I come off the bench. So I understand a little bit of what he went through, and also he go through some personal things, but. I think next year would be a good year for him because I think he this summer, this summer, because another thing, last summer they didn't get to play a lot of open gym. So mm -hmm. you get Brandon and Jaden and Sasha and those guys matching up all summer long. You go from guarding a shooter to guarding a playmaker to guarding a, a, a mid-range guy. All three of them should get better and should get a lot better defensively because you have all three type of guards that you have to see all year. A shooter, somebody that wants to tag off to the rim, and somebody wants to shoot off the balance. So I think this summer be big for all three of those guys. But I think yeah. Brandon, Brandon, this is consistency will get better. And that's just about him. He got so much better from his freshman, I mean, refreshment to redshirt freshman year that his redshirt sophomore year. I'm only expecting that he get even more better. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, I was surprised when I saw that he was going to get redshirted last year. Yeah. I, yeah. So I, hadn't, I hadn't really seen him in, in high school. I hadn't gone up there and watched him, but. 
Right. Yeah, me either. I, I didn't know I didn't know much about him. I didn't like when I was playing, we didn't redshirt a lot of people, but I kind of see why paint, like seeing it now, I kind of see why he would have would have did it. But yeah, it makes I mean now it makes even more sense that you got this free year out of it. So having mm-hmm. those, I mean, having those sophomores come back next year, it's gonna be huge for the next few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and then I mean you look forward to next year. Obviously, Wheeler leaves, and then we're bringing in Kaufman Wren and and first two huge pickups, both top fifty guys, I think. Um, so, what are your what are your expectations for them? Well, yeah, Caleb first is a four Wayne guy, so mm-hmm. I always say four Wayne guys makes the make make the best Purdue recruits. If you go down the list, like it's just the best, especially in the last few years, we've been the guys. So yeah, he plays hard. He played for Spees, which is my home program. So I mean, I'm really excited for what he can do. He knows how to play. He knows how to play hard. I mean, he knows how to use his body. He's not scared. He's not he's not scared to compete. I can only imagine what those battles are going to be like with him, Trey, Zach. I mean, especially with him and Mason competing for time. I think that's going to be good. So I've seen him. I've seen him in person. I really like his game. I haven't seen Trey that much, just heard stories, seen highlights. But, again, open gym is going to be real fun. And it's going to force Travion and those guys to guard somebody different. Because this year, Travion, it was kind of like when Biggie came. AJ was used to guarding Isaac. He didn't have to lead the block a lot. But then when Biggie come, he stretched him out a little bit, stretched him out to the wing. And I think with Caleb and Trey coming, they can stretch Travion out to wing, show Travion a different look in open gym, make him just get outside the post. And that way, like, like I said before, you're practicing guarding a really big, but then you're practicing guarding a 4-5, kind of a fringe big. And I think mm-hmm. it, only, it only helps Purdue. And those guys, to be freshmen and come into what they're about to come into, it's going to be an exciting time for them. They may be They'll be fighting for minutes, and that'll be that's good. That's what you want. I mean, we're gonna be what twelve deep, probably 11, yeah. 12 deep. Easy. Yeah, it's sick. It's sick. Like it's gonna be guys. Like like I'm telling you, practice is gonna be better than some games. Like open gym is gonna be really, really, really competitive. Really, really, really fun. Especially these dudes go at it. Like it'll be games in themselves. So I think me personally, I think top to bottom, it's one of the best teams that's come through. My senior year, we were really good, top to bottom. But this year, I think I think it'd be really uh, this coming year. I think it'd be really good. Mm-hmm. I don't think they have a weakness. At, I don't think they have a weakness at any position. Oh yeah, I was about to say. I mean, I don't I don't know if, how you thought about it, but I don't see any weakness at all. No, yeah, they're starting five to go start for another team. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they, yeah, they're start. I mean, you got the best of like your point guard is the best point guard defender in the league. You can go anywhere and play if you're the, if you're that on somebody's team. You got Jaden. I mean, Jaden is a, a NBA guard. You got the best shooter in the conference. I mean, you got the best glue guy in the conference with Mason at the four. Mm-hmm. And then you got, you got the all-conference five, man. Like you, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and then you got one of the best scorers come off the bench. You got a 7-2 guy coming off the bench. So, I mean, this, this is what you want. And this is what you want to come into. And you want to come in and compete. You don't want to go somewhere where you just know you're going to be given minutes. You want to go somewhere you know you're going to win. Go somewhere where practice is going to be hard. And go somewhere games are going to be fun. And this, this would be this year. Did I was going to ask this a little bit ago, but um, so like after No Gel and, and Harms left, um, I just saw paint went on Dan Dockage and was kind of just kind of ripping shots. And I had like mixed emotions about it at first. I was like, paint, what are we doing, man? This is not a good look. And then I thought about it. I was like, okay, whatever. Like that's, I, I see where he's coming from. But like from a form, from, from a former player's perspective, what do you, what did you think about that whole situation? 
No, I remember that. I, I was the same. I kind of went through both of those, both of those. And I was like, ah, oh, this isn't, this isn't like paint. But then I was <laughs> like, I get it. Cause like I said before, paint's not gonna, and I'm not saying this is no gel. I'm not saying this is that. I'm just saying in general, paint is not gonna make you get better. Paint's not gonna hold your hand and go, he will if you ask him. Mm -hmm. Story, I said paint. Can you work on me and my jump shot before the West Virginia game? He got there three hours, three hours early, had his jump, had his playing shorts on, had his jump, gym shoes on, had his long sleeve shirt on. We did like 15 drills before the game. I come out, I make three or four threes that game at West Virginia, against West Virginia at home in Mackey. Payne mm -hmm. taught me a shooting drill that day that I still use today with my kids. So he will go to the gym with you. He will take that time if you ask him to. But other than that, Paint's not going to text you and say, go get 500 shots up. Paint's not going to text you and say, are you ready to be an NBA player today? Go work out. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he cares because I think he cares about you being a good person, you being a good man, you take care of your business, and you being a functional basketball player for Purdue. You can't depend on your coach to make you an NBA player. And I think that's what Paint was getting across because a coach shouldn't be bashed because you feel like you're an NBA player. If you're an NBA player, the show, I know for fact, because I know Joey Burton, who was Carson's trainer at the time, Carson was in the gym, whether it be Purdue's gym or any other gyms in the town, like if Purdue gym was closed, Carson finds another gym and go into it. So it's one of those things where there have been guys that come in and put in that work. Biggie, Caleb Swanigan never left Mackey. Like you see him, I see him sleep on the couch. I walk back in the next morning for a morning shoot around. He's still there. Like those guys worked their way. Like they would tell, Etwan would tell me stories. Etwan and JJ, they lose a game. They come back to Mackey. They just get in the gym right after the game. You know what I mean? So it's those, those type of stories where you understand that if you want to go to NBA player, you can put me in position, but I'm gonna have to do the work. So I'm not saying that no gel or, none of, or Matt didn't do the work. I'm just saying that for what Paint said was valid. Cause I know he feels that way. Cause he's seen guys come in and turn themselves into NBA player by their work. He's only there to coach you. He can't make you do the work. He can encourage you to do it. He can show you what it looks like. But at the end of the day, you can't be mad at your coach if you're not a 40% three-point shooter because you got the same ability to work on your shot as Sasha does. Mm -hmm. It's up to you at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean. So I, um, it was one of those things where I was like, dang, that's tough paint. Like, <laughs> that's tough. Like that's, But at the end of the day, that's real. That's the... That's the honest part about it to where nobody wants to hear that at that moment. But at the end of the day, you're not going to, I didn't talk to Payne about this or anything, but you're not going to make my program seem as though I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing for it. I'm doing yeah. everything I can for this program. It's not my fault that if you don't shoot 90% for free throw line, you sh it's your fault you don't shoot 90% for free throw line. And I mean, that's, that's real. That's as honest as you can be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what everyone says whenever I ask them, like, why do you want to go to Purdue? And everyone's like, paint is just like straightforward, straight shooter. Yeah. He's not going to give you all that, all that fluff. Right. I mean, you're going to tell you exactly what you need to do to play. If you do what you'll play, if you don't, you won't. Mm -hmm. You do exactly what you need to do to go to the NBA player. You do it or you don't. He's on it. Whether you want to hear it or whether you don't. I mean, if he don't want to hear from him, he'll give you guys around you that will talk to you. He'll put you around the right circles. But it's not gonna. I don't think he. I don't think he. I don't think he'll BS you because I don't think he wants to be BS. Yeah. And I, even knowing some of his family members, I do. I mean, one of Paint's family members, I'm really tight with. 
I mean, it's just a really good family. And they're all like that. They all shoot from the hip. It must be like their grandfather or like great grandfather or something. Those values that was taught down, you can tell it's instilled in all, even paint sister, like mm -hmm. straight shooter. So I mean, like, it's a, just a really good, honest, genuine family that they want the best for you, but they're not gonna walk you and just make, make you want it. They find somebody else that does. And that sounds bad, but as a college coach, Paint would tell us as when we were sophomores, I get fired tomorrow. He was building a house, I think, at that time. He lost all that at tomorrow. That's how cutthroat it is. So mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you gotta do what you gotta do. But I think at that moment, I don't I don't take it negative what Paint said. I think he was protecting his program, he was protecting the brand, and he was just being extremely honest. And as it, somebody that's played for him, been recruited by him, talked to him after. I think he meant everything he said, and I, I mean it for him too, because you can't blame a coach for your shortcomings, especially, I remember there's a guy I played with. There's a guy I played with. And coach would like, look at him like, yo, you play the second most minutes on the team. You got the second most shot attempts on the team. What more do you want from me? I can't make them for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, when guys look at it like that, and that was a guy I played with. So I've seen guys like that in the past. So it's just about getting to the gym and doing what you gotta do. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure I know who you're talking about, but uh, <laughs> we won't say that. Um, That's funny. Um, I mean, you look at, I mean, we're kind of going back to this whole thing about um, paint and the culture he set forth. You look at what's happening at IU right now. I mean, I don't know if you saw Christian Lander just put his name in the portal as well. They have nobody. So if you don't want paint at Purdue, then go be an IU fan and tell me how that works out. Because I mean, they're in a they had they lost their. I mean, Race Thompson, um, Armand Franklin, Al Durham, Trace Jackson's probably leaving. Yeah. Christian Lander and Geronimo. I mean, it's just. That's I don't know. I think people take paint for granted. Yeah, because you take, you, you take you take consistency for granted. Mm -hmm. Cause like we forget, we really forget that paint came in last place in the Big Ten because we bounced back so quickly. Yeah, and then from there we just took it for granted. We, for what we just expected us to be good for what paint we saw paint coming last. We saw him bounce back, and then from there on, it's like we just got better and better and better and better and better. And we never had like I'm saying, we never had a down year. But not only have we not really had a down year, it's never been like a like social issue to come out of Purdue locker room. It's never been something that's popped up in the middle of the season that we had to address. So it's like, he takes care of the locker room as well. But mm. then you also get guys that are getting for a fortune 500 jobs. Guys are doing things outside of basketball. He's producing NBA players and professionals. So it's like, what more do you want from your leader? Not, I mean, consistency has to be good enough. You know what I mean? He's going next year. If paint flops, I'll be the first one to say, yo, you flops. You got to be better. I mean, I, I may not say it to his face. I still got that thing with him. But the thing is, as fans, we got to understand that he's winning games. We're not, a set, we're not in the bottom of the Big Ten since I've been there. Mm -hmm. like, we got to take that in consideration. I'm a fan now. We, the last time Purdue had a bad year, I was 20 years old. Like, that's crazy when you think about it. It's really like Michigan State was 11 seed this year. It's crazy when you really sit down and think about it. Purdue's lowest seed was when I was 20. And that was right after we come last place in the Big Ten. 
So mm-hmm. for what he's done in us these short time, like even just nationally, it's been remarkable for the program. And other guys say Paint came into an already well-oiled machine. Like, like Purdue was not like yeah. in those years when Coach Katie was like leaving out, like it was some rough times. And he came in, he set the culture back to what it was. He got the baby boilers off, had a, had a two down years, and then boom, off the races. So it's been it's been great to watch. It's been great to be a fan of too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you also look at someone like, I mean, you mentioned Tony Bennett earlier, but you look at Jay Wright. Mm-hmm. Jay Wright got bounced in the second round um, against LSU a couple years before they won the, before they won their first chip. And then he's won, he won two out of three. Yep. I mean, it's just like, it's just a matter of finding those matchups in the tournament, I think. And I mean, it's obviously luck at, at the end of the day. Yeah. It comes down to a little bit of luck and then, a well-coached team and I think we have a well-coached team so I think our time is coming in the next in the next five years I think we'll win a, a natty oh yeah I, I love no yeah me too man because one paint is hitting his prime I think he's 50 so like yeah. he's his prime this is a really good young roster to hit your prime with to grow with so yeah these next few years I would not be surprised you make that deep run it's all about matchups and now we have the we have such a deep team this next year is that we can face any type of matchup we can go big, we can go fast, we can go shooters, we can go drivers, we can go a team of defenders. Cause I mean, you get you get five guards out. I mean, five players out there that just can defend. Like we had a we had a lineup with me. My I think I think one of our best defensive lineups would have been John Octius, myself, Basil. You had AJ in there. Who would have been our fun? and Vince when Basil was playing the three. I mean, you just because you six you you John Octius six four. I'm six five. Basil 6'8", Vince 6'8", AJ 7 feet. It were all long, strong, athletic. I mean, you throw that lineup in there, but then you come back with a lineup of PJ, Dakota, Klein, you know, Vince again, and Isaac. It's an entirely different type of lineup that you'll see. And I think that's why those guys are able to win, to win a lot of games. We Now we have different lineups, different matchups. We compete with any type of situations. I think Eric becomes defensive player of the year. You got defensive player of the year in the league. Travion's player of the year in the league. Jaden Ives is an NBA player. That's success right there for me. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you just talked about PJ. PJ still got a clip. The other day at the other day at camp, he, he was cold. They gave him the ball. PJ, PJ, like PJ, like PJ, like his dad, him. It's, it's like all they did all their life was just eat basketball. That's all they know. That's all PJ knows how to talk about. That's all, that's all PJ wants to do. PJ, mm-hmm. PJ is a guy that loves basketball. He loves the NBA. He loves playing it. Like he used to, he was a guy that in AAU games, after his team play, PJ stay and watch more games. Like PJ loves it. And like shooting the ball, like riding the bikes, PJ. Like if you leave PJ open, it's gone in. Like you talk that trash to him. But PJ's probably, he don't get a lot of talk about being one of the better shooters to come to Purdue. But if you leave him open, that thing is going to is that yeah Isaiah all of them is just like they just eat breathe and live basketball I actually PJ's dad is one of the people that influenced me to kind of do what I'm doing I had never had any idea that you just raise your sons in basketball and they both end up division one players what's, what's this about so, <laughs> no, I really love their family that's a real big basketball it's his family but no nah, man I know um I'll hold you up man I know next year is going to be fun I know I'm looking forward to a lot from those, like you said, Brandon, Jaden, 
Mason, Ethan, Zach, but more importantly, not more importantly, let me not say that. The seniors got to be seniors next year. Mm-hmm. Let me do say more importantly. More importantly, seniors got to be seniors next year. Eric, Trey, Sasha, they got to come and play. They got to come out ready to play. They got to set the tone from right now in Maymester all the way through the next year. And next year, they could can, they can be right now. They could be happy guys. They could be in the tournament. They go to having a run to the Sweet 16 to the Final Four. And that, that could be realistic for these guys. I think it starts right now. Those three guys, they come out and they do what they're supposed to do. And that sophomore class, they fill in some, some of those voids. I, I think we'd be top 10 team entering the season. And I think we could stay top 10 all season and win a lot of games. Mm-hmm. So what, um, I know we're about to wrap this up, but what would be a successful season to you? Next year? Ooh, yeah. look at that. Ooh, early success. Let me think. I'm thinking about all the other teams in the Big Ten. Success is winning the Big Ten with this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. Like, success will be winning the Big Ten, having a run in the Big Ten Big Ten tournament, and, I mean, at least a Sweet 16, Elite Eight. I mean, this team, this team, these guys started in Elite Eight. Yeah. You know, three juniors, they those, those three guys, they started in Elite Eight when it got to Purdue. So mm-hmm. it's like, they've seen it. They've been in those big games. They have a roster that's better than their Elite Eight roster. And I'm sure they'll talk about it. I'm sure they'll be in the locker room and say, this team is better than the team we played on when we were in Elite Eight. I'm sure they'll tell the young guys that. I would. This team is better than the team we played on when we went to the Elite Eight. There's no way that they shouldn't be able to do it again. They've seen it. I think they'll be able to do it again. They're a little older now. Jaden to be a little older. Watch a little bit more film. Eric could be a senior. Eric's a 2,000-point high school scorer. Eric can score the ball. I think this year it took a toll on him defensively. He took his legs out. Lou, Lou and I talk about that a lot. <laughs> Lou, 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 Lou legs are still gone for jamming, he said. So I think Eric gets his legs under him this year, shoots the ball well. I definitely think we can win a Big Ten. I think we win a Big Ten. We make a deep, deep run in a, in a, in a tournament. I don't normally use a tournament to gauge success because sometimes it's the luck of the draw. But mm-hmm. the Big Ten, winning the Big Ten and running through it, I think that will be a successful year for us. Yeah, I would have to agree. I'd like to see us in the in the final four, obviously, but it's kind of too far away though. Yeah, to I want to see us there too. I think we had top to bottom, man, because we got we got good guards, we got good bigs, we got guards that can score, guards that can defend, guards that can shoot, bigs that can score, bigs that can defend, and we got a great coach, and we got a great staff. Like the supporting staff is big. Like Nick T, like Nick, this would be a really big year for film, I think. Because these young guys are going to need to know where they messed up the year before. So, like, I think this team could have a really big run, have a really successful year, and really, really, like, propel the program even on to another level. Because I still don't think Paint gets the respect he deserves nationally with the program. Just because Purdue has always kind of been looked at as essentially a little brother to IU before we just started just, just beating on him a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I don't think Paint's getting that type of respect. I think we have a great year next year. It propels a program into an entirely different light. Yeah, I'd agree. I think, I mean, once it's inevitable, he's going to make a Final Four at some point. Yeah. I think he's going to win a Natty at some point. Yeah. I mean, when that hits, Purdue's just going to go. Okay, our, our stock is going to be, be through the roof. And I'm going to talk about that last place finish every day. <laughs> like, I don't care what nobody say. I don't care who don't want to talk about it. I don't care who don't remember. When you come last place in the Big Ten, and I was like, I was in my dorm. No, I was living with three of the guys. It was Travis. It was Neil Bashirs. 
Donnie Hill, Jacob, no, Jacob did later. Donnie Hill for half the year. It's like we had a whole basketball house. We had no fun. Like that's how bad it is coming into the coming to last place in the Big Ten. Like to see them win a national, like when they was made to the lead eight, I cried. Like so, if they win a national chip, I might run on the floor. Like it's <laughs> sick to me. So like you know, I'm a I'm the biggest paint fan. I'm the biggest Purdue fan. Like that you will see. So I'm only hoping that these next few years be the best time of our lives as sports fans for Purdue. Mm-hmm. Lou, Lou, Lou said he cried after Purdue lost uh, the other day, and AJ was clowning him. <laughs> yeah, man, Lou, 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 like secretly, is one of the biggest fans, one of like the biggest tough guys, soft guys for Purdue you ever see. Like mm-hmm. Lou, like Lou used to call me, like we play a game, and I look at my phone at the game, Louis Jackson. What Lou Jack want? Cussing me out. Like, I ain't do this. Y'all, y'all messing up my name. No, no, no. I'll tell the point guard he needs to jam. Like, so it's like Lou is really invested. Like, he would be that way still with these guys. It's just, it's just so far, so far gone. You know, he's the yeah. number. But he he sends me word to send to Eric Hunter. He knows Brandon <laughs> Newman's trainer from back in the day. Those yeah. things where Lou is still really, really connected and really wants to see Purdue win. Cause he like I like Lewis say, Purdue saved his life. That's kind of what he told me before. He went through some times where he needed Purdue. And Purdue gave to him, and now he cares about the success of Purdue. So, mm-hmm. now, nah, yeah, get yeah, that, this is a fun week, talking about all those Purdue stories. <laughs> yeah, it was a funny <laughs> dude, man. Uh, yeah, it was super fun. Hey thank, hey, thank you so much for, I mean, just giving me this opportunity and kind of embracing me, bringing me under your wing. Um, I mean, obviously you didn't have to do that, but it means a lot looking up to you for a long time. I'm, I'm still looking up to you now, but it means a lot to, to, uh, to give up, to get all that support from you and you and Lou. Oh yeah. No time. No doubt, man. Anytime, anything you need from us on our end, you got it. We really appreciate you coming through camp. The kids loved you. Um, being at camp, being with the kids, what you're doing with your podcast on the media side, it's great to see. I mean, you always want good people in the right position, especially in positions like media, covering things. So, man, we appreciate you and how you go about it. Anything you need from us, never hesitate to reach out. You're a part of, yeah, obviously a part of our team. We're a part of your team, however you want to shape it. So I appreciate you joining us today, Dub. Now, that was that was good for everybody out there listening. Purdue, we're hoping for a great season next year. We're hoping for a Big Ten championship. We're hoping for a Final Four run. We're going to have three of the best seniors in the country. Five, four or five of the best sophomores in the country. So, I mean, this would be a great year for Purdue basketball. Isaiah Thompson, I think we'll have a great year next year. I think his confidence, what he was able to do towards the end of the year, I think going into next year, I think he has a blowout during the year. So, I think from top to bottom, we'd be really good. Dub, I appreciate you joining us, man. Make sure you show them where they, tell them where they can follow your podcast, subscribe, let them know where they can see you, Dub. Uh, it's the Dub Jellison podcast. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Uh, you can follow me at, at Dub Jellison Podcast on Instagram and at Team G- DJP on uh, Twitter. Yes, sir. Another shout out to AJ's Beef, Burgers, and Beer. Make sure you guys like and subscribe to the podcast. We have our next spring break basketball camp coming in Fort Wayne, Indiana in a few weeks, April 5th through 7th. Then our basketball league starting in Fort Wayne on June 8th. So make sure you guys tune in for details. Until next time, brother up at Rayfield Davis. Brother up, everybody.